Our sign outside along the road says Thanksgiving is not just a day, but it should be a lifestyle. Today I want to share with you true Thanksgiving is more than just mere words. In Psalms 100 we're reminded uh, that we're to be thankful. And the psalmist reminds us not only that we're to be thankful, but how that we're to be thankful. And he gives us a few things to be reminded of. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So if you don't mind, let's stand one more time, honor the reading of the word. Uh, and Psalms 100 is but a short little psalm. It's just five verses. And here's what the psalmist says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us, and we are, are not we ourselves, for we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Father, thank you for the psalmist reminding us that thanksgiving is more than just mere words. But Lord, it is that we need to put those words to action. And so, Father, I pray that you would move me out of the way, hide me behind the cross this morning. Let the word of the Lord speak unto our hearts, fill our hearts with gladness and with gratitude, O Lord. And then, Lord, let our lives so shine and so show the gratitude of God every day that, Father, that we would be thankful by not only the things that we say, but how we live out our life before others around us. Oh, Lord, lead us now as we study your word together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated this morning. As I said, Psalms 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a psalm in which the psalmist gives us several reasons to be thankful. And let us notice immediately that the psalmist calls us to the act of thankfulness. It is not an option, it is a command from God that we are to be thankful. Why is it that God commands us to be thankful? Because when we are filled with the joy from God's uh, blessings in our life and offer up thanks to God, He is magnified in and through our lives. He's seen uh, more, he is seen more clearly and he is glorified in and through us for who he is. Psalms 100 ranks right up there only second to Psalms 23 as being the most popular psalm in all of the Bible. Many of us have memorized it as children in, in Sunday school or perhaps uh, um, in, in brief parts of it. Uh, it has become concreted in our hearts, and it is straightforward in our thinking. It gives us a specific direction to what God would have us to do. I want to share with you four things that the psalmist shares with us uh, that we're going to look at this morning. First of all, that we're to shout for joy to Yahweh. Now, I know that you're going to say, but I don't see that word in here. In our English translation, the word Yahweh is oftentimes the word Lord, all right? So we'll, we'll look at that as we look a little bit further. As you look at the psalmist, and what does he say uh, in here? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So we know that the, the word Yahweh here refers to it. And I want to just focus in on that because it's such a powerful word. The second thing that we're told is that we're to serve Yahweh with gladness. And then we're to know Yahweh is God. And then lastly, he's going to tell us that we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
I want you to understand something, that these words in which we are going to look at today are not just mere words, but they are words of action. They are verbs. They are words that say that thankfulness is more than what we say. It's more than what we give. It is what we do as we're sharing those words. So they're all action words well within every one of our abilities. So let us then be... uh, uh, Mindful today that as we are uh, thinking about making thanksgiving more than just words, as we dive into this psalm even more deeply this morning, may the psalmist speak into our hearts not only words of thanksgiving, but ways in which we can express our thanksgiving by the actions in which we do in the world. All right, so let's first of all look at what he says. In verse 1, he tells us, Shout for joy to Yahweh, all you lands. Um, In his book, The Twelve, talking about the disciples, Walter Underwood tells a a story about going to Dallas, a Dallas Cowboys football game. He said he was seated in one of those end zone seats way up high where he could hardly see the players on the field. Frustrated with the choice of his seat, he began to watch people. And he started to watch some folks that were down a few rows closer to the action. And he watched this one particular man, and every time there was a a, a play that uh, uh, went off, this man would look over to the umpires, and he would stand up, and he would scream and shake his hands. If the players, he he would make all these gestures. So he knew that there had to be something exciting going on in the game. And so the game went on and, and the score became in the fourth quarter and the score was tied and he was anxious about what was going on and he watched this fella. And finally, as the next play was about to happen, the man finally, for the first time, looked around and, and was speaking to the, the folks behind him, get up, and he began to start a cheer. He began to start a chant for his team. And Underwood said, Dr. Underwood said, for the very first time I saw his face and recognized the man. He was one of my congregants. He said, then I got to thinking, I've never seen him that animated in any church service that he has ever sat in. Now, that may be the case for many of us here as well. Um, Old preacher by the name of Vance Habner Uh, One of my favorite fellows here from North Carolina, Vance Habner said this, The same church member who yells like Comanche Indians at a ball game on Saturday sits like a wooden Indian in church on Sunday. Vance had a way with just laying it out the way it was. Make a joyful noise, the psalmist says. Don't just whisper or mummer. He says, get stirred up inside and let it let it out. Don't be afraid uh, that you're going to disturb the person next to you. Shout with all your might, he says. Let the whole world know that we serve a sovereign God of all the creation and that he himself is worthy of our praise as we sang this morning. The Lord loves us and he is on our side. And therefore, my friends, when we recognize that, we know that he is worthy of our praise. I think that we as Christians today need to get serious about our faith in Christ and how we show it to a lost and dying world. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to uh, start yelling and screaming, whistling and shouting and carrying on like that because then those around us wouldn't be able to understand or hear what's going on in the service. But 
There should be some sign of, uh, of worship and praise and some sign that we take our Christianity serious. Someone once said, if there is a throb in the heart, there should be a thrill in the step. Or I would say at least a smile on the face and a song in the heart of every believer. Now I don't know about you and how much shouting that there's going to be in the church service today, but I think an occasional amen is in order. Can I get an amen? Now listen, before you do, let me warn you. Let me just give you a warning. I heard this this week. Uh, this is a warning that we all need to heed. Uh, giving a preacher an amen is like saying sickum to a guard dog. Just so you know. So, but go ahead and give me an amen. It'll be all right. All right, very good. Now we can get going. Now I'm ready. All right, I'm primed up. All right, so the Bible tells us that we should share our praise with the Lord. We shouldn't just uh, 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 come and sit, but we should participate in our worship. All right, so God wants us to. So when there's something that is exciting going on, when you agree with what is going on in the word of the Lord, let it be known. Give an amen. Let the Lord know that you're paying attention. So I just want you to know that the psalmist tells us, shout for joy with, with the Lord. Now that just reminds me, I, I, that just goes back. Stephen was about his age and uh, uh, we were in a church service. I wasn't preaching. I was uh, just sitting in the service, and he was, hadn't been misbehaving, and his mother decided to take him out of the church and all the way down the center aisle. He said, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Pray for that boy. He's going to need it. I saw his mother leave. Whew. Poor little feller. You know, here's the point. We can laugh at something funny. Why can't we rejoice at something good? Why don't we just get excited about what God has said? Shout for the Lord. Let our hearts be filled. Don't let gratitude remain inside, but let it be expressed outside. And then the psalmist goes on to say, Serve the, the Yahweh with gladness. But what does he mean? when he says, serve Yahweh with gladness. Remember the words of Joshua. You know, Joshua said in Joshua 24, verse 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I wonder how many of us in this room, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, would say that you had that verse somewhere in your house or have had it somewhere over time that you've had it on a plaque on a wall or on a desk thing, something that's become something that a lot of people put in their house. We, we like that verse. It, it tells us that, that, that we're going to serve the Lord with, with, with all of our heart. We're all familiar with those words. Many probably have them hanging somewhere, in an office or in our house or, or, or somewhere. However, before we just nod and say, yes, preacher, that's, that's right. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I think that we need to look at the implications of what Joshua was telling us that we need to be reminded of. The psalmist is reminding us that we're to serve Yahweh with gladness. We need to be reminded that God is all-powerful. What can you possibly do for God that God cannot do for himself? God is all-knowing. What tidbit of wisdom do you have that you could possibly share with God that God doesn't already know far better than you? All creation belongs to God. From the highest mountain range to the deepest ocean. From the whole continents to the tiny molecules. 
What can you and I possibly give to God that God doesn't already own? So what does it mean to serve our God? What does it mean to to serve Him with gladness? First, it means to give what you have as a symbol of your gratitude and devotion. You see, it's not a matter of the size of the gift, or it's not even a matter of the quality of the gift. It's a matter of the fact that we give a gift at all. Think about it this way. A three-year-old painstakingly colors a picture to give to his mother or comes to his mother with a dust rag in his hand offering to help her clean the house. Do you think she's going to be upset or critical with that little small token from a little insignificant child? Absolutely not. In the same way, God is pleased with every gift of love and devotion and praise and gratitude that he gets from us. No matter how small or no matter how crude or no matter how inadequate they may seem to be, God loves the praise of his people. He loves it when we give gratitude unto the Lord, when we remind him that we recognize that he is constantly and continuously moving and working and doing in our life, even when we don't deserve it. God is faithful. He is faithful when we're not. He's good when we're not. He's there when we're not. And He deserves our gratitude and our praise. To serve God is to give what you have, your time, your talents, your gifts, your service. But He says to serve Him, serve Yahweh with gladness, with a pure heart, with a joyful heart, not begrudgingly, not stringently, but giving all that we have. The second thing is it's also to serve others in the name of Jesus Christ. I think that we need to be reminded that God doesn't just want us to give Him praise. He doesn't just want us to offer back unto Him. God said, listen, I've left you in this world so that you can be an example of me to the world. And Jesus Himself said, I come to be served, not to, uh, to be served. And he reminds us that that one of the gifts of gratitude is that God has blessed us with so much. What are we offering unto those around us? What good gifts are we sharing with them? What offer of, uh, of grace are we bestowing upon them? In the parable of the great judgment, Jesus commended the faithfulness of men for showing kindness to those in need. He said it like this in Matthew chapter 25. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. When the faithful asked him, Lord, when did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you hungry and give you food? And here's how he answered it. Insomuch as that you did it unto the least of these my children, you did it unto me. You see, the the gift that we can offer of gratitude is not just saying thank you to God or, 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 or offering unto Him our gifts and our talents, but God says, listen, go ye to your neighbor. Go to others in need and find a way that you can bless them. What a great way this Thanksgiving season for God's people to find somebody that they can bless in such a way and say, let me help you. 
And it may be just a, a, a phone call. It could be just reaching out to someone who is a shut-in, someone who is alone. Maybe it's taking a, a, a plate of food from your dinner table on Thanksgiving Day to, a, to a, a shut-in who has no one to cook for them, no one to meet their need. Or maybe you know a family that cannot afford Thanksgiving meals this year, and maybe you offer unto them the opportunity to provide for them everything that they need. Listen, my friends, God reminds us that it is not just about giving words of gratitude. It is about showing acts of gratitude. To serve the Lord with gladness is to be a cheerful giver, lending a helping hand to those in need, showing mercy to those who are struggling, practicing random acts of kindness whenever and wherever you go. Not out of obligation or duty, but out of gratitude for what God has already done for you. How many of you here today would say that God has blessed you? Just show a hand. Amen. You know, God has blessed every one of us. How do I know that? Because you're here today. You're breathing. You're still here. God has blessed you today. And so the psalmist reminds us that we're to serve Yahweh with gladness. You know, you and I look at it and say, well, how can I serve the Lord? He is high and lifted up. You can serve the Lord by serving your fellow man as you serve Him. The third thing that he says is know that Yahweh is God. I love this one. You may not be aware of this, but did you know that there are many different names for God in the Hebrew Bible? If you were to use the Hebrew Bible, you would find that as you read through the text, there are different names that God has used to describe His character. This particular verse, or uh, 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 psalm, uses two of them, Yahweh and Elohim. What the psalmist wants us to know in this verse is that the same God who watches over us and cares for us as a loving father or loving mother would care for their children, Yahweh, is none other than the all-powerful God who brought about all creation into existence. And then he says that he is Elohim. The Lord is God. Yahweh is Elohim. Someone has once said that one of the most liberating phrases that you can ever learn is this. God is God and you are not. I want you just to listen to that just for a minute. God is God and you are not. Now what makes that so liberating? What makes that so helpful to you and I? And I want to share with you just a couple of ways in which it does. First of all, it lifts the weight of the world from your shoulders and sets you free from trying to be responsible for all the things that you are, have no control over. God is God and you're not. It's not up to you to settle the matters of the world. It's not up to you to carry the weight of the world upon your shoulder. It's not up to you to determine how the world ought to play out. God is God and you are not. Second thing, it limits the power and authority that we often give to others. No matter how imposing or, or wise they may seem, they're not God either. It doesn't matter what position they hold or, or what title or prominence they have. No power or wealth in which they attribute themselves to 
They are simply men of feet of clay, just like everyone else. Now think about it. God is God, and you're not. So remember this the next time that, that, that the, uh, your world begins to, to fall to pieces and everybody's looking to you to hold it all together. Just remember, it's not your job. It's not your job to hold the universe together. It's not your job to hold the church together. It's not your job to even hold your family together. It's God's job. Why don't we let God do what God does best and just simply allow Him to work through us? Take the pressure off of yourself and say, God, I'm not God, but you are. And then the next time, remember this, the next time that you're in that room full of a bunch of VIPs that act as though they have just hung the moon, remember, they're not God any more than you are. There's a little passage in the first chapter of John's Gospel that kind of ties this all together for us. It sums up for us nicely what God wants us to understand about what it means for God to be God and you are not. When the temple leaders got wind of John the Baptist out baptizing hundreds of people, they decided they better check out this guy and find out what in the world he's doing and who he is and, and, and why he's doing what he's doing. And in John chapter 1, we read these words. As they found John the Baptist out baptizing, they said, Who are you? And John replied, I am not the Christ. I am simply a voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. John said, Listen, I want you to know I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm not the one that holds it all together. I'm not the one who created it all. I'm not the one who started it all. I'm not the one who's going to finish it all. I'm just one who is out here telling you that the one who started it all, the one that's going to finish it all, the one who is coming to redeem the world is coming soon, and we better get ready. Your job and my job is not to carry the weight of the world. It's not to save the sinner. Our job is simply just to proclaim that we serve a God who can save the world, who can redeem the lost, who can make the heavy light who can make the sinner a saint, who can make those that were dead alive again. It is up to us to just be reminded that he is God and we are not. That's what the psalmist was trying to remind us when he says, know that Yahweh, he is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are simply his people and the sheep of his pasture. Oh, I'm so glad that I don't have to be God, but all I get to be is the voice in the wilderness crying out, God loves you. He loves you so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. He died for me, and He wanted you to know that He died for you as well. And all we got to do is love Him. Know that Yahweh is God. That's the third action that we need to take in our life. But there's a final action the psalmist gives us here this morning. He says that once we know these things, then we've prepared ourselves for a time of worship. Once we've known these things, once we've taken these actions, then we're ready to come into the house of the Lord and we're ready to really praise the Lord. We're ready to shout unto the Lord. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. With that in mind, the psalmist concludes with verses 4 and 5, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For Yahweh is good. His loving kindness endureth forever and his faithfulness to all generations. 
You know, every Thanksgiving, we try to be reminded of what we're thankful for. So I want to ask you a question this morning as we begin the Thanksgiving season to begin thinking about what are you most thankful for? What's the thing that you're most thankful for? Maybe it's family. Maybe it's, you know, uh, a new job. Maybe it's, you know, a, a, a raise, you know. There's lots of reasons to be thankful. Thankfulness comes in every shape, in every size, every form, in every fashion. There are the biggies, of course, new jobs, big promotion at work, birth of a baby, the celebration of a marriage. And then there are countless other reasons to be thankful. Things that we oftentimes take for granted. The facts of the matter is that in the midst of a pandemic, God was gracious and merciful to us. When the world seemed to be falling apart, God was holding us together. When others were going through traumatic things, we were able to be on their knees and praying for them instead of praying for ourselves. The truth of the matter is that we've got so much to be thankful for. Right here in this church, we've got so much to be thankful for. In just a few moments, we're going to conclude the message and then we're going to go into a time of business and in that, there is something to be thankful for. Some good news. You see, the thing is that, folks, we don't always think about all the things. Listen, um, you may not realize it, but you just took a breath. Who gave you that breath? You may not realize, but your heart's just beat. Who gave your heart that beat? Our God and our Savior is worthy of our praise for, for the good things, the big things, and the, even the bad things. I got a call this morning from Glenda, and she shared that her dad had passed on. He went quickly. He went peacefully. I had the opportunity to go there this morning and just spend time with them and remind them heaven is real and that's where he is right now. I had opportunity to talk to Irvin over the last couple of years of getting, getting to know him and even with his mind slipping, he knew he loved the Lord. you love the Lord this morning, you've got so much to be thankful for. The psalmist encourages us to be mindful of all of God's gifts, great and small. Everyone is worthy of our thanks and how important it is in these days in which we're living. I read something that I thought was interesting that maybe you needed to know. Did you know that it's physically impossible? Now listen to me, physically impossible. Scientists say for someone to be stressed out and thankful at the same time. Now, in the world in which we're living today, it's easy to be stressed out, isn't it, huh? So for those of you that are carrying the stress of this world, let me remind you that there is a cure for your stress. It is gratitude. It is thankfulness. It is something that we can say, Lord, let me count my blessings. great reason for us to be thankful. Try this. In the midst of a stressful day, take a moment of time to break away 
find a quiet place and just start breathing deeply. Take some deep breaths in and slowly out and then hold your breath for 30 seconds. Let your body just calm down. And then as you do, begin to make a list in your heart and in your head of all the things that you are thankful for. Just like that, your stress will melt away. The secret to living a stress-free life is to live a life filled with gratitude. Not sweating the small stuff, but praising God for whom all blessings flow throughout every day. So again, what are you most thankful for today? Here's a short list that can get us thinking. We need to be thankful to be alive. To be alive means that we live in the potential of doing something creative, constructive, and beneficial for the cause of Christ today. If it's only to accomplish the smallest of tasks, it's worth being alive for. To be thankful for the gift of love. To love someone or to be loved by someone turns existing into living. Be thankful for the gift of time. Now, for those of us who constantly are saying, I just don't have enough time, I'm guilty. I confess. All through the week, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly saying, I, I just don't have enough time to do all that I want to do. But then the Lord reminds me, every one of us has 24 hours a day. We all have the same amount of time. What we do for Him in that time is what matters. It's not what we don't get to do. It's what we do for Him. We've been given the same amount of time as everyone else, just like the president or the pope. We all have the same amount of time to make a difference in the way we choose to use the time in which we've been given. Be thankful for the air that you breathe, the water you drink, the food that you eat. They're not only to sustain your life, but they are there to give you strength and enjoyment in the pleasures of this life. Be thankful for the rotation of the earth. And I was thinking of this, that, so that we have night and day, opportunity for us to have different seasons, and the fact that winter is not going to last all year long. Amen? I don't know about you, but I like that. All right? More than anything else, be thankful for a God who loves you, warts and all, who has proven that love beyond all doubt by sacrificing Son to redeem you and me from our sinful nature and to reconcile us into a loving relationship with God our Father. How many of you have ever sang that song, Count Your Many Blessings? Name them one by one. I love what that song really is saying. The more that we count our blessings, the more that the things of God are reminded, the more that, that we think of Him and the less we think of the world love what it reminds us of that when we take stock in what God has done for us he's done so much to make us thankful so take a moment to make a list of all the things that you can think of that you can be thankful for then offer them up to the Lord in praise and thanksgiving and then my friends you're ready to enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his gates with praise that's the fourth final action the psalmist wants us to take. Come to the house of the Lord with a heart filled with gratitude for all that he has done for you week after week after week. And what a worship experience we will have. 
So let me close. We need to remember that true thanksgiving is more than just words. They are backed up with action. It is a matter of gratitude, taking stock of our life and how that God has created you in His image and empowered you with His Spirit and blessed you with the gifts of creativity, imagination, and love. And then the ability to just simply be grateful. Above all, it is also to recognize how God has proven His love once and for all through death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to open the door so that we can have a loving, lasting relationship with the God of all creation. As you prepare to celebrate this Thanksgiving season, won't you take a moment and just marvel at who God is? Marvel at what He has created. Look at the beauty that is, surrounds us. Think about His creation and bask in the warmth of His love. And then simply just be thankful. Have a heart that is filled with gratitude. So full that it's oozing not only out your mouth, but out every pore of your body. Never forget, my friends, God died for you in order to bring you from death to life. So how can we forget to say thank you? How can we not give him praise? How can we not just say, God, everything that I have, all that I experience, reminds me to thank you for who you are and for what you've done. If you've never experienced the joy of his salvation, then my friends, I want you to know something today that it's impossible for you to truly be thankful. Because if you've never experienced the joy that comes with knowing that he, the Savior of the world, has took you from death to life, you've yet to experience the depth of his love. And if you've yet to experience the depth of his love, you've yet to experience a heart filled with true gratitude. So if you're here this morning, um, Andrea, would you just come to the piano and just play? I don't care what it is, just play. I know we got a time of business in just a moment, but this is the most important business. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, children, I'm going to ask that you just be still just for a few moments. It's so important. The God of the universe took time to show us how much he loves us. He sent his son to die on a cross so that we would have a visual of his depth of his love. But he didn't just stay on the cross. He went to the grave. And he said, I'm willing to die for you so that you can live. But he wasn't willing to stay in the grave because a death 
without life is useless. And so on the third day, He rose from the grave so that you and I could have the promise of everlasting life. When we leave this world, whether lost or saved, we're going into eternity. The question is, where will we spend eternity? Oh, my friends, I want you to know that you can be thankful that God has prepared for you a place. A prepared place for you called heaven. Would you stand to your feet as I pray for you and ask that if there's one that is here today that has never received that great gift, would you just slip up your hand? Father, as we pray one for another, Lord, all around the room, as I hope folks are praying for those that are around them that they may not know if they're saved or not, that they just pray, Lord, if they're not saved, would you just touch their heart? Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, I pray that they would just slip up their hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. And that's all I want you to do. I just want you to slip up your hand right where you are and just say, Pastor, pray for me, for I don't know that I know that I know that if I were to die today that I would enter into that promise of heaven. But I sure would like to figure it out. If you're here today and you don't know, I want you to know that Jesus wants you to know And the Bible tells us how that we can know and how He promises that He will walk with us through life. If you're here this morning and you know that you know and Jesus is your Savior, you have so much to praise Him for, here's the thing, folks. I don't want you just to lift one hand. I want you to lift both hands to the Lord and just let Him know, Lord, my praise is unto the Lord. I'm thankful for the salvation that you've given me. I lift my hands in praise. I thank you, O Lord. And I want to go out into the world and I want to live for Jesus. And I want others to see my praise lived out in my life. So may I enter into the courts of your praise with thanksgiving today. But not just today, but every day. Lord, bless our people, I pray. Lord, draw them near to you, I ask. And let their lives be used of you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.